you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio chavez Reen Fiends. And we are finally back together. Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. We are here for our 500th episode, Jeff. That's pretty crazy. 500 episodes and basically, what, a year or almost two years now? Almost two years. Yeah, we've been going about a year less than our other podcast went. Uh, but we have done about, uh, what, 360 more episodes or so. Uh, so, yeah, the, this daily thing is uh, those episodes pile up quickly. But yeah, it's been it's been fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to fifty thousand more. Yeah, as many as we can. As you know, as long as uh, you guys keep having us, we'll keep being here. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about Kenley Jansen, answer some questions that you guys had, and a little bit about the MLB Top 100 rankings. But before all that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Dodgers. All right, Jeff. So, Kenny Jansen, a point of contention among Dodger fans, a point of frustration among Dodger fans, and no surprise to us. Uh, but Dave Roberts says that. Kenley Jansen will be the closer to start the year. It wasn't as strong wording as previous years. He says, I've talked about it before. I believe we're at our best if Kenley is closing for us. But with that said, we have a lot of great viable options to finish a game. So right now, that's kind of where it's at. But yeah, Jeff, I mean, no surprise that Jansen's going to be the closer. But how do you feel about you know the Dodgers handling him this year or how they're going to handle closing out games if he just doesn't get back to where he's at or get back to where he's been before. Yeah. You know, like I I agree with Roberts. They have plenty of options. Uh, I've always been uh, a little bit skeptical about the idea that it takes a special kind of person to pitch the ninth inning or whatever. Um, The ninth inning often is not even the most stressful inning of a game. And so honestly, I, I believe that any good relief pitcher, uh, give them about a week and they could be a good closer. And so uh, closers get the big money. And uh, basically I don't love the concept of a closer anyway. Uh, I like the idea of if your most stressful bullpen situation comes in the sixth inning, I want your best reliever pitching then. And if the most stressful time is in the ninth inning, that's when I want your best reliever pitching. Uh, But as long as they're going to go with the closer, I think it's fine to have Kenley as the closer. Uh, I've said I do think he's going to bounce back some because I think there must have been some uh, lingering COVID issues in 2020 for him. And so I expect him to be a little bit better than he was last year. And, you know, hopefully he can start missing more bats and hopefully it's just a non-issue. He just pitches the ninth and, and does well and everybody else slots into other spots. Uh, but I do think that we saw in the postseason last year, uh, even though 
Kenley did blow that game in, in game four of the World Series. Uh, you know, it, there was... He tried his best to blow the NLDS game, too. Yeah. Um, but but after that, after that, in, in the NLCS, he looked really good. And then in game four of the World Series... Uh, I, I don't think it was a case like like the regular season game against the Astros when Kenley should have been pulled long, long before he was. Uh, I don't think that's what happened in game four of the World Series. Uh, you know, he gave up a bloop single and then walked to Rosarena, which is always the best idea to do, at least last October. And so really it came down to can he get Brett Phillips out? And I think 90 times out of 100, the answer is yes. And he just didn't that time. Uh, but other than that, but but we still saw that Dave Roberts learned from that and realized, okay, you know what? I'm not going to just bring Kenley in in every save situation. And Kenley wasn't the guy standing on the mound when the Dodgers won the World Series. And I think that maybe, if if nothing else, was a, a symbolic changing of the guard. Whereas, you know, Kenley will still be the closer, but the fact that, that Roberts let somebody else close out the most important game uh, in Robert's managing career, I think will probably help him be more flexible with that and more willing to, to give the ball to somebody else when necessary. Entirely sold on, you know, Jensen returning to previous farm. I still think he can be a pretty good closer and with the Dodgers, a pretty good closer is not a bad thing. Uh, the thing with Jansen is that, like you said, sometimes the most stressful innings come earlier in the game. And I don't think Dave Roberts will ever bring Jansen into those things uh, like he used to when, you know, bringing them in in the, in the seventh inning or whatever, if there's base loaded or if they need some big outs. I think Jansen kind of sticking to the ninth inning is one of the best things for the Dodgers. There weren't too many one-run games that I remember last year uh, where Jansen came in and, you know, it was kind of scary. The Dodgers are usually, if they're winning, they're usually up by more than one run. You know, Jansen doesn't have to worry about it too much. And the other fact that we've talked about before is that this is Jansen's last year of his contract. I don't think the Dodgers will be tied to him. Um, you know, I don't think they're ever going to release him, but I don't think they'll be tied to him being the closer. They don't really have to keep him in that role if they don't want to. They don't have to worry about the future. Yeah, I mean, this might be his last year as a Dodger anyways. So with all that being said, you know, I think the, the ninth inning is kind of the, the good spot for him. The Dodgers begin to good enough, especially over a longer season. They'll be good enough to handle blown saves from Jansen every so often if that's the case. But they won't be able to handle, you know, using him as a high leverage reliever if he's not back to to at least you know eighty percent of his of his form from before, so uh, I think where he's at it is fine. And and we talked about this last off season or last October when you know Jansen wasn't the closer, he probably wasn't good enough to be on the playoff roster. He 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 wasn't a one of the Dodgers like top eight relievers at that point, just the way things were going. So yeah, where he's at is fine, and you know the fans are obviously gonna you know a lot of some fans will be mad. Uh, but if he can get back to just where he was and he's handling the ninth inning, the Dodgers could be a lot worse off. Yeah, I don't expect peak Kenley, but I expect better than 2020 Kenley. Yeah, hopefully. Um, one other note uh, that Dave Roberts had is in the six-man rotation, he said uh, to think about that at the outset, probably unlikely, but it's not crazy, certainly given that we don't really know what to expect from playing 162 versus 60 we've talked about uh, or he mentioned it's 
Nice to have eight viable starters at some point in time. They're all probably going to make some starts anyways. He threw Jimmy Nelson in there on top of the seven we normally talk about. Uh, but yeah, not no, no six-man rotation plans. But as we've seen with the Dodgers, it might not be a quote-unquote true six-man rotation. But there'll definitely be guys getting spot starts depending on what they do with the young guys. And they'll definitely be you know taking advantage of off days and things like that. I think the Dodgers have averaged about 10 to 12 pitchers making at least one start the last few years. And I don't expect that to change in 2021. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I think there's definitely a bit of Doc being a player's manager mentioning Jimmy Nelson. It, that's maybe as much to, to pump up Jimmy Nelson as act, any actual plans. Well, I mean, at the very least, it's maybe a plan that they're going to try to stretch him out as a starter. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back and answer a few of your questions and talk about the MLB Top 100 list. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football's over, but you got NBA, college basketball, NHL in full swing. Baseball's starting up soon. Pretty sure you can bet on spring training games. And Bet Online even covers other things if you're into awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I think there's a Bachelor going on right now. I don't know if you can bet on it, but if you can, you can do it at betonline.ag. That real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Everything you need is right there at Bet Online. And right now, if you go to betonline.ag, you can sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar, they are having a flash sale right now. There's a thing called a coconut puff bar. It's luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow made with a premium collagen protein blend. 16 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. It's gluten-free, preservative-free, great for different types of diets. Limited time only, one-day sale. Go order now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back and let's hop into some questions. We, we put out a call for the 500th or 500th episode. I got a few questions there. Uh, sticking with the theme of 500 at LA Bum Fan asks, uh, which current Dodger has an outside chance or has a chance at 500 home runs? Yeah, this is a it's a good question. Um, it in a way it's hard to see, even though there's more home runs hit now than ever before. It's kind of hard to see people playing long enough to get to 500 home runs. Uh, but you know, you look at Mookie. Mookie's at 155 right now, and he's just going into his age 28 season. And so uh, he's 345 away. And if he could, so if he could play for 12 more seasons, that's less than 30 per season. Uh, you know, that, that takes him through his age 39 season. Uh, if he could hit a little bit more than that. Uh, but I mean, he, he, the most he's hit in a season is 32. So Mookie, he would have to have a really long career to get there. Bellinger is kind of a, a different, story you know he's young younger he's only 25 uh and he's at 123 home runs and he's peaked at 47 so i mean if he could hit 35 a year for another 
11 years, uh, that gets him there. So there, there's guys with a chance. Um, it's hard to see. I mean, obviously, a guy like Edwin Rios has plenty of power to do it. The only question is whether he can defensively and platoon-wise hold down a starting job to get there. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say I think I'd say Bellinger has the best chance of any current Dodger. Um, but but I wouldn't count out Mookie. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anybody else who really has much of a chance. Yeah, I mean Bellinger and Mookie are probably the two. Obviously, last season hurts them only playing sixty games. Probably got gypped of about ten to fifteen home runs, depending on how it goes. One interesting thing on this point is that I saw, I think it was someone from John Boy or John Boy Media themselves uh, put out a graphic of Cody Bellinger in the 2019 season. If he had played his home games at Yankee Stadium instead of Dodger Stadium, he would have had 10 more home runs. They would have had 57 instead of 47, which is pretty interesting. For, for the Dodgers, I think it's Bellinger since he can probably average 30 for the next few years then after that he's getting close and would have to keep up his production uh, it's just a little bit tough you know if he gets a consistent swing or ever finds a consistent swing then i think it, it's a little bit more plausible because he can definitely be putting up 35 40 pretty easily on a regular basis yep um another question we had uh we, we've talked a little bit about this but we could talk some more uh roberto j Her- enriquez at torta underscore man 818 he asked, do you guys see Clayton Kershaw retiring or continuing his career after this season? So we, we definitely touched on this before. I can see him doing both. I think he's going to keep playing. I don't think he'll retire this season. Um, but, Jeff, let's just flip it a little bit since we've kind of talked about this part. Would you rather see Clayton Kershaw retire after this? Let's just say the Dodgers win. So he's going to go out a, on a high note. Would you rather see him retire this season or go play for another team? Oh, I've gone back and forth on that. I think I'd rather see him retire. Uh, I have a hard time. Like, I'm always going to be a Kershaw fan. And if he went to another team, you know, if he went to the Rangers, which is the one, the team that a lot of people talk about to be closer to home, uh, I would be more okay with that. If he just left and went and signed with the the Cubs or, or the you know, any other team just to go be on another team, I would have a really hard time with that. I would still watch all of his starts probably and still root really hard for him um, because he is my favorite player of all time. Uh, I would have an easier time rooting for him if he was pitching for the Rangers, uh, but I have a really hard time seeing him want to do that. Uh, but honestly, I want him whenever whenever he's done playing for the Dodgers, I want him to be done playing. And so I want him to, to, to play another three or four years with the Dodgers, whatever he wants to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to see him in another uniform. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at it. I'm think I'm almost a hundred percent in the retire boat. If he's not going to play with the Dodgers anymore. I saw an interesting idea on somebody mentioned, uh, about the idea. You remember what Roger Clemens did the last few years of his career where he would only play half a season to be rested for the postseason and have more time with his family, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Kershaw do something like that. You know, take a, you know, I'm only getting paid 10 million bucks this year or whatever, but I'm only playing half a season, you know, so he spends uh, more time with his family. And then, you know, once uh, maybe once school gets out, once the kid's school is over. So, you know, June, he heads to beginning of June, he heads to Arizona, 
does a, a couple weeks of, of throwing and by late June he's ready to come and and throw 80 or 90 innings in the regular season and then be rested for the postseason. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that approach, especially with the, the young pitching the Dodgers have coming up. You know, it wouldn't be the end of the world to to for innings limitations and stuff for, you know, a guy like Josiah Gray and, uh, you know, Bobby Miller, whoever young guys are, are coming up. Uh, I, I thought that was an interesting idea that I hadn't thought of. Not sure what happens. Only really happened the one time with Clemens, but Kershaw would be the type of guy that it would work out for. All right, last question from our friend, SoCal Librarian, SoCal underscore Librarian. What's the most memorable regular season game of the last five to six years, not counting 2020? You know, I guess it. if, if we're sticking to five to six, uh, if I could stretch it a little bit to my time as a season ticket holder, my very first game as a season ticket holder, opening day 2013, uh, when – Going into the bottom of the eighth inning, it was a nothing-nothing tie, and Clayton Kershaw led off the bottom of the eighth with the home run uh, and pitched a complete game. That one was pretty darn memorable. Um, there have been a lot of really good games, and and you know, I I don't know. Maybe you and I probably have a few each, so uh, maybe we could mention a few each. Yeah, Kershaw's no hitter up there for obvious reasons the fact that i was there just makes it that much better absolute madness was it was one obviously the the four four and one home run game is out of this five six year range but that one's probably as close as as uh we got to that type of game and obviously the call by joe davis you didn't hear it if you were there but i wasn't there so i got to hear the call and it was that's a great game um one i remember just because i was there is the one where puig walked it off when the ball went under Michael Taylor, uh, Taylor, yeah, Taylor's glove in center field. I think it was Dusty Baker bobblehead night. And I remember I was jumping up and down going crazy when it what happened and I accidentally stepped on the Dusty Baker on the box. Luckily the bobblehead didn't get messed up, but the box got messed up. Uh, but yeah, just off the top without really thinking about it. Those are, those are three that stand out, but obviously there's a lot more. That was the worst game ever for Michael Taylor. He went <laughs> 0 for five with five strikeouts and then commits a walk-off error to oh man I, I I've actually looked to try to figure out the ways to, if there's a way to quantify if that is the worst game any player has ever had. A couple other games I thought of that were memorable. Uh, there was the game against the Mets in 2019 uh, when the Dodgers were down. They were down like eight to two or something eight to three at some point and it was an ugly game and I had actually recorded this podcast on my own uh I, I was flying solo that night I th- were you at the game that one when yeah the Mets uh, game yeah yeah I was there yeah so that's why I was doing the the, the podcast by myself that night because you were at the game and I actually I'm like I want to go to bed I don't want to watch this garbage so I recorded the game or I recorded the podcast early and it was miserable and then uh, the Dodgers started coming back, so I stayed up and watched the the end of the game, and they came back and won it uh, against Edwin Diaz, and and it was just like you just knew they were going to win it. That was was that Verdugo hit the yeah. walk off sack yep. fly? Is that how that one ended? Yeah, so that one was super memorable. Obviously, all three of the the walk off homers against the Rockies, the the rookie walk off weekend, uh, were very memorable. Uh, yeah, there have been a lot of good Dodger games the last few years. Yeah, we're definitely spoiled in that regard. 
Oh, and the the jock walk off on Jackie Peter J- Jackie Robinson night. Uh, Puig's first game back at Dodger Stadium as a member of the Reds. Puig hit a home run off Kershaw in the first inning, and then Jock hit the walk off to to win the game. Yeah, and we were both there, so that's a good one too. Yep. All right, uh, we're gonna finish off talking about the top 100 from MLB, the rankings. The Dodgers didn't have anyone in the top 50, and then they ended up having not or anyone in the first 50 so 51 to 100 ended up having nine players in the top 50 right nine yep and just you know the rankings themselves we're not going to argue semantics or you know who should be higher than who i don't really think there's a a reason to that but jeff you had an interesting way of assigning points and kind of figuring these things out and uh yeah i'm just gonna let you explain your your if you want to see it on twitter he has a thread about it but if you want to hear it uh, it's even better. Yeah. Uh, so I did this for the first time last year. I, I just had the thought, okay, there's a hundred guys. And uh, what if we just assign point values? So the, the first place guy gets a hundred points and the hundredth place guy gets one point uh, and then see how the teams stack up uh, in that regard for points. And so I did it last year, uh, almost exactly a year ago. And at that point, the Dodgers came in second going into 2020 they had 446 points. The Astros actually came in first with 537. And obviously that didn't play out that way in the regular season. The Astros did end up making it to the ALCS, but in the regular season, a lot of guys underperformed and the Dodgers uh, were probably a little bit shortchanged uh, in last year's rankings. And so I decided to do that again th- this year. And last year, it was it was close. You had... Uh, you know, Astros at 537, Dodgers at 446, Yankees at 416, Nationals at 336. Um, you know, it, it seemed to be a lot closer at the top. But this year, it just ended up being ridiculous. I, I added up the points. The Dodgers were in first place with 625 points, a full 227 ahead of the second place Mets. Uh, the Mets were at 398, Dodgers at 625, just not even close. Uh the Dodgers had nine guys, like you said. The only other team with nine guys was the White Sox. Uh, they also had nine. But the average ranking of the Dodgers' nine guys was 31.6. And the average ranking of the White Sox' nine guys was 60.8. So they had nine guys, but they were all down closer to the bottom. Uh, when you think about it, the Dodgers had nine of the top 50, which means 18% of the 50 best players in baseball are on the Dodgers. <laughs> like it, it's just kind of ridiculous. And, uh, and you could make a case, like you said that, you know, there's probably some guys who weren't ranked high enough. Some guys who weren't ranked at all, who, who maybe should have been, you know, I I'm looking at the bottom of the list and seeing guys like, uh, you know, uh, Austin Meadows. Uh, I think AJ Pollock is probably better than Austin Meadows at this point. Um, you know, and, and, but AJ Pollock didn't make the list. So there's a lot of things like that, where you could probably make a case that the Dodgers were underrepresented on this list and yet they still dominated. Uh, one other interesting thing that's not about the Dodgers, uh, but the, the angels, despite only having two guys on the list had the 11th most points because their two guys were number one and number eight, Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. So they had, uh, whatever that is, 183 points, uh, despite 
<laughs> only having two guys on the list. So that was that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, maybe it's 193. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Two, maybe yeah, one of those. Uh, but yeah, either way, I think the one funny thing that I, I don't know, I haven't really been on social media too much the last couple of days, so I'm not sure I forgot any traction. Uh, but I be, I'm pretty sure Blake Snell was number 80 and Kenta Maeda was number 79. And it's just kind of funny based on those rankings how much hype MLB is throwing at the Padres because of Blake's, well, you know, you Darvish and, and the other guys, but Blake Snell. And then in the rankings that they put out, he's below Kenta Maeda, who the Dodgers had, didn't have room for in their starting rotation, so they traded him away and got Gratterall. So it's just kind of funny how, how the different sides, you know, obviously it's not the same people ranking that are doing the same thing on social media, like hyping it up, but it's just kind of a funny little parallel. Yeah, and Trevor Bauer was one spot ahead of you, Darvish. Bauer at 29, Darvish at 30. Um, yeah, there's a, and there's a lot of guys who uh, didn't make this list, but you could definitely see, you know, if Dustin May can step things up, he could be on this list. Um, and uh, Gavin Lux, obviously, I'm expecting a good year from Gavin Lux. He's a guy we could see showing up next year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really... Obviously, there's always a little bit of recency bias here or looking at the last year's results. And so in a lot of ways, this dominance by the Dodgers is actually more representative of how dominant they were in 2020 uh, and then the fact that they <laughs> signed Trevor Bauer. Uh, but but still, they, they do look to be well-positioned going into the season uh, to to repeat as uh, uh, definitely as National League West champs and hopefully as World Series champs. Yeah, and I mean, and a little bit of what I talked about yesterday with the, the NL West and everything else is that you can look at the Dodgers, and other than A.J. Pollock, you don't really see anyone that played you know ridiculously out of their mind or that overperformed to a, a, a huge extent. If anything, you can find more players that maybe underperformed a little bit, so... Uh, the fact that Bellinger and Muncie are two of those guys and they're still in the top 50 list is is a good sign that, you know, obviously that whoever's rank, rank, doing these rankings, trust them to not repeat kind of what they had, the regular season they had in 2020. Yeah, and I, I think that's all what we're all hoping for because the Dodgers were so good without good seasons from those guys and with nothing from Gavin Lux. It's easy to picture a world where the Dodgers are even better in 2021 than they were in 2020. Yeah, that's an ideal world I want to live in. All right, Jeff, uh, you got, oh, we got one last thing we wanted to touch on that we did not touch on. Uh, We did mention when Alana Rizzo said that she wasn't going to work with the Dodgers in Sportsnet LA anymore, but we hadn't talked about her replacement, uh, essentially, and that's Kirsten Watson, who the Dodgers and Sportsnet LA announced. She's done, looks like a few things, NFL before, NFL UK, Monday Night Football. Uh, she went to Columbia, but now she will be reporter and host for the Dodgers, doing, essentially, I'm assuming, exactly what Alana used to do. Yeah, she made her debut a couple nights ago on Sportsnet LA, talking with Jerry Hairston about a few things. And uh, she did a good job. She uh, she did say the MLB, and so uh, I, I hope that she she gets that out of her system. But other than that, she seems to know her stuff and, and is a good interviewer and uh, seems really good at her job. And uh, she she did play – I think she played volleyball in college, so she has that athletic background. Um, 
all, all in all, I'm uh, I'm excited about. It. She seems like she will be really good, and uh, no Kiki Hernandez around anymore to have to stand on a on a high chew bucket to to see eye to eye with her because I'm pretty sure she's taller than Kiki. It's hard to tell. She wasn't standing close to to Hairston, uh, so I couldn't tell for sure. But I would peg her around six feet probably. Uh, I guess one other thing on, on that kind of that note is that an article came out. Uh, with all the stuff that's been going on with the harass, sexual harassment, uh, with the people from the Mets and, and Mickey Calloway and all those guys, is that Alana Rizzo, I didn't go into great detail, but detailed three incidents that happened. The article was, the original article was a little bit unclear of when the set to the second instant second and third incidents happened the first one they said it was in the first season uh when they were on sports in la but the other ones and then alana has clarified that all three were in the first season when she was there and that none of those players are still in the league uh you know no not real any speculation there but it's interesting uh and i guess a good thing that at least from the dodgers side or someone who's around the team so much that there's only three and they were the first year she was there and none of those guys are with the team or in the league anymore yeah yeah it sucks that it happened to her and uh but yeah it is hopefully hopefully it's all she's telling the truth that the the current crop of dodgers all treated her with respect uh and hopefully that same thing will happen for kirsten watson and she'll be treated with respect and uh yeah, I, I feel like it shouldn't be that hard for uh, for grown men to act like grown men instead of little boys. Yeah. All right, now that'll do it for today's episode, unless you have anything else to add, Jeff. Uh, no, just happy 500th, and, uh, you know, it's been it's been fun, and I enjoy doing this podcast. I appreciate all the people who have listened to us. Uh, if you've listened to all 500 episodes, uh, tell us about that. I, I'd be interested to know if there's anybody uh, I – I suspect Justin Hicken might have. He seems like the kind of guy who would listen to all 500 episodes of a of a mediocre podcast like this. Uh, you know, it, I think that was a backhanded compliment, Justin. So you're welcome. Um, but yeah, if anybody else, if you've listened to all 500 episodes or even most of them, let us know. We'd love to to hear from you. And uh, yeah, thanks for for being my my life partner, Vince. Of course, Jeff. Uh, 500. So we're we're essentially on in Hall of Fame territory now. Um, we're probably gonna, we're definitely gonna pass Barry Bonds, so we're on, we're on our way uh, to sort of to. Well, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but we're on our way to our Hall of Fame. And yeah, thank you to everyone. Like I said, appreciate it. You guys always been good questions, good feedback, all that kind of stuff, and we appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already done so. If you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome still. And tell your friends, tell your family, post about us, social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-LOCK. Or you can send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles Our Los Angeles Do you think we'll really win the pennant?